One, two, one, two. Now here we go. You know what time it is? Welcome to another episode of the Frankie Lee Podcast. Our mission to empower others to break patterns, flip perspectives, so that together we have clarity, direction, and success way beyond what we ever previously thought possible. Here's your host, Frankie Lee. First things first, guys, before we get started with this podcast, do me a solid favor and subscribe to this on whatever platform you're listening to it right now. Whether that's YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, I'd appreciate if you just hit that subscribe button and it lets me know that the content that I'm putting out for you guys is hitting your ears at the right time. Much love. This podcast is sponsored by contentremover.com. So whether you're looking to remove any images, videos, search results, fake Instagram accounts, get in touch with us at contentremover.com. Welcome back to the Frankie Lee podcast at IFS events. What a weekend we have had here in Portugal. And I have today an OG of the fitness space, a man that has the world's largest mastermind for fitness entrepreneurs, helping guys get to six and six seven figures in their business at scale when you think about all the people online training training as coaches and doing online coaching this man has probably trained them or or been at the back end of their business and systemizing it more than anyone else mr phil graham welcome to portugal welcome to my temporary studio and mate i'm excited about this day because i really want to break down with you um, this high ticket model and how you've scaled it because obviously your business does 10 million plus uh, a high profit margin and obviously highly systemized mate welcome yep. to the show thank you very much for having me and i only met you what about two days ago and we've had great conversations and we've talked about various things from scaling businesses selling businesses relationships life and it's it's been very refreshing so thank you for having me on and can't wait to share as much insight as I can. So yeah, yeah, man, I'm looking forward to it because obviously, like I was saying in the intro, there you've helped more people than anyone else in this industry hit hit six and seven figures. Right? Yeah, we've helped a substantial amount of online coaches, nutritionists, wellness experts. That's my niche. That's essentially my people. That's where I came from. My story was back when I was 16. I was diagnosed with type one diabetes, and that forced me into looking at nutrition, lifestyle, exercise, mindset as preventative measures for my own health and to protect me, essentially. And that fell into a bodybuilding career. That bodybuilding career was then sort of influenced by my passion for fitness and nutrition that I then went to university and studied dietetics. So I I really dreamt of becoming a dietitian. That was my dream in life was to work uh, in dietetics, to work with people with diabetes. And then I did my bodybuilding and people noticed that I was getting in great shape. And I asked, you know, I was studying nutrition at the time and people asked me, hey, can you do me a diet plan? Hey, can you train me? Hey, can you coach me? And that is where I then took the slant towards growing my own business, my own personal training business. And essentially my first client was my mom. And then from there it was her friends and it was her friends, friends. And then it was people in the gym. And as a result of that, that grew, and then I developed, uh, I wrote the world's first encyclopedia on diabetes and muscle building called the Diabetic Muscle and Fitness Guide, and created a large international movement for people with type 1 diabetes that wanted to build muscle, lose fat, but couldn't quite access the information that was relevant to them. At the time, it was bodybuilding.com or flex or muscle and fitness, and, and nobody could really get the information specific to people with type 1. And if you know about diabetes, it's a massive uh, you know, growing autoimmune condition. 
And uh, I was really a, a thought leader in bringing a, a lot of ideas and insights around training and nutrition and training into that into that market and really wanted to inspire hope. And on top of that as well, I had a, a very successful, very busy personal training business. And I was one of the first online coaches in the UK back in the day. Me, Jimmy Alderton and a handful of other people were like the first people to do it. And this is where we were coaching people by sending them 40-page Word documents and uh, recipe books and, and theories. And, you know, compared to what it's like now, it was chalk and cheese. And I had so many fitness professionals that saw my business growth and they observed that growth. And they said, hey, can you coach me and teach me how to run my business? And I started doing consults. I started going to gyms and coaching small teams and small group semi-private trainings. And I was sharing insights on nutrition. I was sharing insights on training. I was sharing insights on coaching etiquette and then business. And then I realized like, I was always an entrepreneur. I, 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 I failed miserably to work for somebody else. Uh, I, I failed miserably. I mean, in my university placement, I fell asleep. Um, you know, I was doing a food technology degree uh, where essentially it was involved in food production. And I was working in this massive uh, meat factory where we would look at food technology and you know, preservation of the meat and how it's packaged and everything. And I remember I, I slept in once and there was like a, you know, a 10 ton delivery of New Zealand lamb that came in that quite frankly thawed out <laughs> in the car park while I slept. Um, yeah, I was dismissed from that role. So um, I, I really just love the whole challenge of getting clients, selling them in, making money for myself and having control, most importantly, of my time. And that is the reason why so many people start a business is to live life on their own terms. It's not to make more money. It's not to have more freedom. It's not to change lives. It's a combination of all of that. And that means I get to choose when I wake up. I get to choose who I work with. I get to choose how much money I make. I get to choose what I do with my day. And I talked about yesterday when engineering and building a business, when you start to set goals, everybody sits down and goes, how much money do I want to make? That's the first thing that people start about. And that's a stupid way to plan for a business. The way that you need to plan for a business is you actually need to ask yourself, how do I want this business to make me feel on a daily basis? How do I want to wake up? And I want to be responsive, not reactive. I want to be able to work with people that I love working with, that I can truly understand their problems. And what you end up finding is people build a business that they wake up every day worried about how can I make money? I'm working with clients that I do not like. I've got some people that I like. I've got majority that I don't like. Some that you don't, yeah. And it's just this whole mess. And understandably, people build a business out of survival. They build a business to make money to survive. And sometimes when they lack the maturity, they just sell to everyone, right? Yeah. And then they end up with a very mixed bag of clients. And, you know, we can go on 101 different angles here, but the most important decision in business is how do I want it to make me feel? The second most important decision is who do I really want to work with? Because when you set that intention to work with a target market, that dictates the language that you use to talk to them and communicate to them and the signal that you provide to them. It also as well dials in the way that you sell to them. And it also dials in the deliverables that you need to give them from a service provision. I mean, anybody that's running a personal training or coaching business or consulting business is selling basically their intellectual property, philosophies, understandings of how they want to solve the problem grouped together. And they're selling them to an individual and it's how do you present that in a way that is understandable digestible and actionable and if you've got too many variants in who you work with 
It's going to be hard to market to 101 different types of people. It's going to be hard to sell to 101 types of people. And then most importantly, inside your community, you're not going to have like-mindedness because you're going to have different people from different backgrounds, different problems, different goals, different aspirations. And it's very hard to glue that together. We were talking about the importance of when you build these communities. It's not just when you when you build it, but when once you've built it, to have gamification with inside that community to help people, you know, so people are working and helping each other so that the community can not only grow, but everyone inside the community stays within that community as well. Correct. I mean, gamification is just one element of many things when it comes to building a community, but, you know, having ascensions or, or, or layers that people can aim towards creates the desire for action and when other people see other people taking action and ascend and create status for themselves then it drives people from the bottom to want to ascend and to grow naturally right so you know if you are running any form of of coaching program or community you know have some element in it where there's essentially leaders and there's essentially a, a you know a starting ground or a foundation and you want to you know, publicly promote the behaviors, the strengths, the qualities, the traits that you want to see in the rest of the community base. And that is what drives action, community, and most importantly, results. And a community, especially in the online world, is a very powerful thing to create. It is something that is going to you know, really create a sense of belonging for a lot of people. And what you tend to find is when you dial in a community, you've got a lot of people's smaller stories living inside the bigger story or vision of, of the visionary of the the leader of the business, you know? So whenever I decided to create uh, Authority Network Fitness Entrepreneur, Authority Network's the name of our main mastermind, which is branched under Fitness Entrepreneur, um, I had a vision for fitness professionals where I wanted to take them away from just running a personal training or online coaching business and I wanted them to create a consultancy business and inside that consultancy business I wanted them to turn that into a combination of uh, education, uh, accountability support but most importantly community, a movement for that specific niche that that customer was coming in with and you know we've been helping coaches do that for quite some time now and we've seen colossal growth in the course of our clients' businesses where they've gone from, you know, 20 clients to like three, 400 clients. Uh, they're running events. Um, you know, they're building courses. Uh, clients are coming on board and they're being, tr- you know, dealt with with a really good quality team. Um, and, you know, it's really just providing a, a, a radical level of service that transforms lives, but also provides a sense of belonging for the individuals to talk freely about the challenges that come with their own transformation, right? So give me a bit give me a bit of an insight into your thoughts of why why you I know you're really um into into this high ticket offer being and and taking cash on the front end in terms of being a really important metric of your business. The fact that you collect cash and a high ticket offer up front. Yep. Talk talk into that for me and why that's so important for people to establish that high ticket offer and why that's better than the low ticket. Like there's a lot of people out there sell it um, selling this subscription business and low ticket offers everywhere. But why is why is high ticket oh, so important to it, you? It really depends on context. I'm big on both but it really depends on the individual that it's being applied to and what the background factors are. But if you look at the um, high ticket offer and the low ticket offer, a low ticket offer, for example, is something £49, £99, £147. It could be an ebook, it could be a guide, it could be a, a 30-day challenge, a six-week challenge or something like that. Um, that requires, to a degree, a lot of volume. And the thing with volume is that it's hard to attract in a noisy marketplace with a lot of stuff going on. And it most definitely works for individuals that, one, 
uh, have a huge following. It most definitely works for niches. So, yeah. for example, people in the mobility niche, you know, Sony is a, yeah, Sony, is a yeah, client yeah. and, you know, does an exceptional amount of business. And, you know, that's very specialized. But when you look at general health and fitness, fat loss, body composition, and building a high ticket offer with our low ticket offer with a, a relatively small following um, and trying to do it organically without any paid advertising, it's it's very difficult, right? So if you look at 47, let's just say 47 pounds, or 150 pounds or something like that. You look at the, the time and effort it costs to get a client. You look at, you know, you have to write a sales page. You have to drive traffic to that sales page. These are all mechanisms that make essentially the conversion more complex. And we all know when people go to look at a sales page, they go, oh, I'll look at it later. I'll look at it later. I'll look at it later. So, you know, the best way to grow that is to have a large following, to have a good amount of volume, or to be driving paid media towards it so that there's constantly something reminding the the market, hey, this is the page, this is what it does, how you get it, and what it'll do for you. Yeah. Um, and to do that organically is very time-consuming. Um, versus a high ticket offer, whether that's at one, two, three K. And the way that I frame this is if you're a coach, if you're a consultant, think about the amount of time and energy and money that you have invested into your education. And if you could work with one client per year, what would you charge? And compare that to what you're currently doing right now. And most people are undercharging, right? And what will drive the health of your business is the amount of cash that you can collect on the first day. And I'm massive for... Uh, essentially collecting cash on the first day and then, for example, over a 90-day period, then tailoring that into a back-end. So you get the best of both worlds. You get this new revenue, you get this bluster of it, and then you get a back-end recurring revenue where essentially the first 90 days of that service is based on getting a result or getting some kind of goal achieved that the client wants. And then into the back-end, they stay for continual education, personal development, support, and quite frankly, insurance, and mostly community. People stay because they like the community. People stay because they see future in utilizing your service to essentially help them ascend through the ladder of status, recognition, health, um, safety, whatever it may be. Um, and I'm not saying that's the way that every business should be, but it's, you know, if you have a following of two to 10,000 and you have a clear target market, you have got a specialist knowledge in an area that can help that target market, bundling that together in a plan, some form of training, some form of accountability, support and community, um, you can charge a relative premium for that. Because if you look at what your customer has already spent on trying to achieve that result, it's quite a lot of money and it's quite a lot of time and it's holding them back from a lot of other things in their life, whether that's confidence, whether that's relationship success, whether that's business success in the boardroom, whatever it may be, that essentially um, is a premium that they're paying. They're paying for the result. Um, A lot of online coaches are very guilty of just charging a fixed retainer. Um, The reality is if you could charge 2K for 90 days and collect that on day one and have a couple of split pays up your sleeve if somebody wasn't able to afford it, it provides an element of offer engineering and flexibility so that they can get over the line. And your ability to scale a business will depend on how low you can drop the bar. So having split pays or having your offer engineered for people that genuinely want to work with you but can't, but just simply can't afford the upfront, you've got to have flexibility. But collecting that cash upfront you know, that pays for labor, that pays for advertising, that pays for tools, software. So I blend the both of monthly reoccurring and also the high ticket together. Um, And I find that that works best. It allows people to really hit good numbers and also build a a very stable monthly recurring business underneath them. And 
one of the most important things is that monthly recurring revenue because you want to be able to look at, okay, if I wasn't able to take on a new client today, have I still got money coming in through the doors versus a traditional high ticket, which is big price, drop off, big price, drop off, big price, drop off. It's lumpy cash business. Yeah, it's lumpy cash. It also involves some form of realignment called, especially if it's one to two or three K. Um, and if that isn't pre-framed, you know, that this is going to come out again at the front of a sales call. And it's very important what's pre-framed at the start of a sales call because that determines the relationship. Um, you know, we don't want those shocks. Talk to me about how you're pre-framing a high ticket offer. Well, pre-framing, you know, in terms of a high ticket offer, I mean, quite frankly, you want to delve into how, what do you want to achieve? Why haven't you achieved it? What have you tried before? How much time have you wasted? How much money have you wasted? And it really boils down to the level of conviction in the individual that is actually selling the service. And that is, you know, quite frankly, the most important factor. Whoever has the most conviction in what they sell believes. And the marketplace gravitates towards the individual that has the most conviction and the most certainty in what they're doing. Um, You know, and, and for anybody listening right now that's selling anything remotely high ticket, which is, you know, 1.5K and up, um, you know, look at your top three competitors and who is the most certain in that niche. Um, and that is where the market will gravitate towards. And you'll find that people are certain at one point and then they essentially disappear and they people disappear because of complacency or they don't want to run the business anymore or the founder's not happy anymore or some economic challenge or whatever it is. And then it's replaced with somebody who's more certain and more relevant. And the job of a CEO is to Always make sure every 90 days, every month, how can we make the company more relevant to what the marketplace needs? How can we make our offer, how can we make our advertising more relevant to what the market needs? And then that is taken from strategic uh, sort of visionary work right down to the team who then deliver it in the operations. Um, But in terms of pre-framing, it's like, what have you done? What have you spent? How much time have you wasted? And that individual should be connecting with somebody that has got a lot of conviction in what they do. And, you know, I always say to the clients, if you're going to sell this premium thing, what can you guarantee in 90 days? And that's a question for everybody listening. What can you guarantee that you would help clients achieve in 90 days? So for example, if we have a coach or a fitness professional or somebody that's selling some form of consultancy and they're at, you know, they've got 20 clients and they're maybe doing 2K a month, we can guarantee that they will be at 10K per month reoccurring within 90 days if they do everything that we tell them to do. Of course, there are people that do not do what we tell them to do, like there is in personal training. You get people that come in and want to lose all this weight but don't take action. Yeah. But we have, and I think this is important from a business perspective, but we are constantly looking at how fast can we get the result that the market wants. And yeah, that's, that, what, that's a powerful statement right there. How fast can I get the result that the market wants? Correct. Not, not what they want personally. Correct. What the market wants. What the market wants. And we, we look at, okay, what are we doing to get that result? What is useful? What is not? What is relevant? What is not? And over time, there are elements that are first principles that that remain foundational to that. But over the course of time, there are nuances, there are new details that need to be added in and swapped in or added in. And, you know, we're a firm believer when we create content for clients as short as possible, as long as needed. We are not afraid to deliver a training in 15 minutes. If that gets you the information, the action steps and the clarity that you need to be able to achieve something and we can do it in 15 minutes versus an hour, that's a win for us because it's easier for us to deliver. It's easier for you to understand. And, you know, even with the likes of this podcast, I mean, we, we had, 
you said earlier on, let's do an hour on this. And I'm like, well, in my head, I'm like, well, if we can get it done in 15, 20 minutes and I can deliver as much gold as possible, you know, yeah, I yeah, just yeah. preserve somebody 40 minutes of their life that they can spend with their kid and they're walking away with insights in their mind going, I'm really excited to implement that. I'm really excited to do that. So, you know, always think if you are a service provider, how can you get a result for your customer in the shortest amount of time? If you're working with people, how can you really drive efficiency? Because people that get results with less effort are much more likely to refer than people who get a result with more effort. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I love it because it's essentially what you're saying um, in regards to the, the podcast and stuff is like when you, you – just because you say you've got an hour of time, you're right. It doesn't have to be an hour. You, your whole – It's ro- the same with phone calls. It's the same with consults, right? Like we're conditioned to have 30-minute conversations on our conversation. Uh, I quite frankly would love to have that conversation in two to three minutes. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes context is needed and there is time for that or you've got other parties involved that don't understand that concept. But I want to know if you've got a problem, I want to know what the problem is, what you've tried to do to fix it and what are the roadblocks and boom, then I'll come in with a solution. And you want that before the call. Correct. Or have them prepare that information before for a call so that when you hit the zero, zero, zero on the timer, that they come in and go, here's my problem. Here's what I'm thinking about X, Y, and Z. Because look, most conversations and most people asking for help is filled with fluff and stories that add, you know, zero value, zero, zero context. And a lot of it is that conditioned story that they've kept telling themselves for the last 10 years. Well, it's like this, you know, I, I put up a post about this a while back, but when you get an audio note, that's, you know, two minutes, three minutes, four minutes, five minutes, six minutes, go to the last 25% and wait until you find the line. I suppose what I'm trying to say is, um, I suppose my question is, so you get this whole like, yeah, and then this concise bit at the end. So I always, if I get a message like that and somebody's like asking a problem, I'll always go to the last bit, I'll listen to the question and I'll go, can I answer that right now? And I might have background context on the individual so I might know what's going on. But if I need context or a story, I will ask for it or I will re-listen. I love that. So love that, that. that saves me a fuck ton of time. Yeah. Man. Well, well I, um, I, I, I like people to text me and then I like to voice note back because it's quicker to, for me to voice note back because yeah. it saves me time. But I don't want voice notes coming in my direction. Yeah. I, I'm, I, I like both. Um, sometimes I like texting and clear bullet points and, and that's like a form of summary in my head because I want to be able to reference back to it and look at what I've written versus I don't know what's in an audio note. I can't remember what's in it. So it really depends on do something. With, with high ticket, from your experience, is there any way to sell high ticket without doing the phone call? Yes. Yeah. Break that down for me. Um, because because, because I, I, I've sold high ticket for a long time. And the, the, the phone call is something that's always been the, the, the key things closing the deal. Yeah. I mean, the phone call gives you much more control. Um, yeah. It gives you a lot more scale. Um, but on top of the phone call, you can have things like sales webinars, sales workshops, sales events. Um, we do webinars every single month and we sign up anything from five to 15 clients plus on those single R sessions. What's that? What's that as a revenue? Um, let's say the offer is, well, cash collected, let's say 6K, um, and we do five, that could be 30K for an R, if it's whatever, but the, the light, our, our customers stay on average for about two, two and a half years. Yeah. Um, so when you look at the lifetime revenue of that, it's, it's um, 
relatively healthy. Um, there's also other ways where you know you can drive people to um, book a call for say. And let's just say, for example, once they book the call or before they book the call, uh, you can have a video in there that goes, hey, um, just want to be very, very clear. This is what you're going to get. This is what's involved. The investment is 6K if you book a call. However, if you don't book a call, it's 4,200. Now, if you need to ask questions and you need to learn more about what the service is, Go ahead and book a call. However, it will be 6K. If you're ready to go right now, based on all the information I've just presented you, click the button below. That is fantastic, bro. I love that. that so that, that would save so many people selling high tickets so much time. It definitely does. But at the same time, too... It can alienate your market, I suppose. Well, no, it's not that. It's that people worry about... People, people don't buy because of two reasons. One, they're worried about getting ripped off. And two, they're worried about failing. So... Whenever they see all that information presented, you've got to make sure that you've got a strong narrative around social proof, people that, you know, any form of page, whether it's a book, a call page or anything else, you need to have social proof around people that started with nothing, people that started with a decent business, people that had a fear about A, people that had a fear about B, people, you you want to cover as various different circumstances as possible. And you also want to make sure that your social proof has got as many different personality types in it as possible. People that talk really fast, people that talk slow, people that are completely out there, people that are reserved, so that you can just mirror the traffic coming towards it. And you're hoping that when somebody comes along, they see somebody in a case study or testimonial that is their story. Yes, yes. So you're literally covering every different archetype of of, of, the, of of your ideal target market, Correct. how they might be, how that how they might be feeling, and you're covering it off, and you're giving them proof of that on the sales page. It's like, you know, if you run a fitness business and you're constantly putting up people that get ripped abs, 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 you're going to attract, you know, a very individual type of customer versus somebody that genuinely wants abs but's too scared and sees too many perfect examples yeah so you want to have a couple of examples that, that add variety that add different context and quite frankly can be useful in supporting somebody else's decision when when you've obviously obviously you've gone through this and you've built this phenomenal coaching business you've coached people like james smith you've coached people like sunny you've coached other people in the industry that have done top stuff obviously you when you when you've done that and achieved all that how are you investing your cash on the back end so that you've got longevity so you, so it's not just a coaching business anymore? Like, What are you doing to diversify what you're doing with, with the funds that you've collected? Yeah, I'll try to answer this in a way that's going to be more useful for the audience um, because my personal investment strategy is very unique. But a lot of people talk about investing and making money um, outside of their current business when they're not in a position to do so. The number one creator of your wealth is your own business, is you as an individual, your own skill set. So whenever you go to look at investing, stocks and shares, I've put millions into the S&P, the FTSE, the markets. It is slow. It's like watching paint dry. It takes years for that stuff to work. Yes, you can get dividends, et cetera, et cetera. I invest all of that myself. I don't use a financial advisor who, quite frankly, is just going to overcharge with fees. And that's a different story. I'm not even going to go into that. Um, I've done property, which requires management, which requires time, which requires big financial outlay. These are all long game plays. 
And for most people that haven't built something stable, haven't built the team underneath them to give them the time back, and haven't got you know six months or twelve months operating expenses, it's a futile goal in my opinion. You know, you are, we're told to put money into a pension, put money into an ISA. Try looking at what that money makes after a year. Fuck all. Versus putting that into a team member, versus putting that into advertising. You know, we had a, a marketing meeting the other day, and you know, we'd spent. Oh, I think it was something very small, like seventeen hundred for a campaign for a week, but I returned eleven times that money. So, how many? Where so, am I going to get a yeah. return like that? So, I'm a firm believer in investing the majority of your money into your current skill sets and business, so that you can provide more value and receive more value back. And then, once you have got surplus, you know, quite frankly, I, I have been, I've been doing a lot of background research, communication, and in all honesty, distressed property um, with the right tenants is, you know, undeniably one of the best. Um, But again, it's about risk tolerance. It's about time and involvement. Um, I'm not negating the stock market in any way. It has definitely got its utility. uh, But in terms of, you know, significant growth it's buying distressed properties in the right areas that appreciate in capital value you've got good quality tenants making sure that you can you know get away with putting as little money in as possible whether you pay the debt down and remortgage at a later point it gives you a lot of access to capital um you know i've also experimented with cryptocurrency and other elements like that um, I think having a diver- and other businesses as well, um, where I sit on the board or I take equity in those businesses, um, that has certainly been um, a very interesting one, but one that takes up significant amounts of energy. So you've got to make sure that if you are investing in a business that you understand it, that you like it, that you know there's 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 so many ways that I could go with that conversation. But I, for the majority of people listening, unless you're sitting on twelve months plus of operating expenses for both personal life and business, um. You, shouldn't you need be. to have a lot of surplus cash to invest. If you don't have that surplus cash to invest, do not dig into the foundational equity or, or, or balance of your business that gives you the safety because you will make mistakes in business. You will forget things. You will have blind spots. You will lose people. You will go through client churn. You will go through economic crisis. And having cash makes you feel very confident very strong so you can maneuver you can act fast um you know and it really puts you in a strong position uh, if you look at warren buffett they said on an enormous amount of cash so that they can buy and exploit opportunities um so yeah making sure that you're investing in yourself first making sure that you've got enough um budget to springboard off is important and i have been a very good saver my whole entire life um and, you know, I'm not against buying materialistic things. Um, I buy things that I know I'm going to get value out of or I'm going to enjoy or that are, you know, big things for me. But the majority of my money is spent on experiences now. And so I love my food. I like travel. I like bringing in a private chef for really smart people or friends at my house. Um, you know, I'm not really entertained by a lot of materialistic stuff. When When did you kind of figure in your mind that, you know, it wasn't about the materialistic stuff anymore. It's more when about I, the experiences. Um, when I locked onto the vision of what I was doing with my life, that was the main thing. But two, that I got some things out of my system. I mean, I'm 34. 
I got some things out of my system, well, all of the things out of my system um, at a young age to the point where I had them and I'd also live without them and realized that, oh, it's not all that it seems to be. So I kind of did that over multiple things, whether it was house, whether it was car, whether it was watches, whether it was clothes, whether it was everything else that you can think of in the material world. And I was just like, mm, I'm still stuck with myself 24-7, or is it 24-7, and how do I feel about myself? Has this raised my baseline happiness? And what I find was with the materialistic stuff, it it, it was a temporary bump, um, and then you would default back to your own internal dialogue, your own conversation, how you would wake up in the morning and what are the first kind of three or four minutes of conversation inside your own mind, how do you spend time and how do you think when you're idle, um, you know, becoming your own best friend and having, you know, a real strong trust in the flow of the events of life, i.e. if there's challenges in my life, okay, great, what are they leading to? How are they building me? And if there's great stuff that happens in your life, okay, awesome, let's not get complacent, let's enjoy this moment, let's savor it. And really just trusting in the whole flow of things is really where true wealth lies rather than um, car, house, car, house, uh, Louis Vuitton bag, watch, um, you know, I live a, you know, you just met me. Uh, I live a very private life. I don't share, um, go out of my way to share anything materialistic. I have my toys um, that I enjoy in private and they're for me. They're not for me to showcase because they're for me. Yeah. Um, and I, they're bought I, for the right reason. I flex with uh, my experiences and one of those is cooking and two the work that we do with our clients. So you see our client events, there's hundreds of people there. We're hundreds. Me and you have got some people that we mutually know that are very, very, very wealthy, very, very successful in business. They've, they've done 200 million exits and all that kind of stuff. Yep. And when when you talk to those people and when you're around those people like we, we have been, you see, you watch how they move. Yep. And how they move and how they operate is completely different to the somebody who's got rich quick yeah and and the, there's not the flash there's not the pizzazz there's not the brands do you know what i mean they're very 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 humble like they're the most down-to-earth people and you get so much f- from you get so much from looking at people like that and how they move you, you just can't even quantify that the, the the more wealth someone accumulates in the most part it just it 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 isn't about Louis Vuitton bags anymore. It's not about uh, it's not about Lamborghinis on the driveway and looking at it all the time. It's it's more about you need some help. How can we help you? Do you know mm. what I mean? How can we? What what advice do you need from our journey to help you facilitate yeah. your growth? Yeah. And that is the beautiful thing about about fuck you money. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. like when people get that because I always had a saying. The ego doesn't it? I always had a saying, and I've been saying this for many many years. You know, even before. You know, I, I really made my money. As I always used to say, a, a rich man doesn't need to tell he's rich. You know, it's an inner quiet confidence. And there's a lot of power to that. And um, when you walk into a room and you know that, you know, quite frankly, you've created something more colossal and bigger than anybody else in the room, that you're impacting on a bigger level, that you're creating legacy wealth for your family, and that you're just really deep and rooted into the whole earth and everything that you do, 
rather than just being, hey, look at me. And there's nothing wrong with somebody putting up a picture of their car or their watch if they're into those things, each to their own. But you increase the vector to be attacked. You increase the vector for attracting people that only want those things. And I don't want to attract people that just want cars and just want watches and just want flamboyance. I want to connect people with me that will really want to have a meaningful impact in the world, that want to become true leaders, that want to be able to sit and have intelligent, deep-rooted conversations about how they can advance themselves and how they can advance humanity around them. Um, and, you know, that is a, a very uh, deep kind of personal quest into how can I make the world a better place? How can I, how can I bring more love? How can I bring more trust? How can I bring more inspiration and more hope to people that really want to see it? Um, because, you know, if people look at you as a bearer of hope or if people look at you as, a, as an individual that has changed their life and you can do that on repeat and repeat and repeat, um, you know, you're, you're living a purpose that's, that's uh, rewarding you back and fulfilling you and sustaining you. Um, and that is, uh, you know, my, my, my deeper level of work in authority network and everything that we do has been... Um, you know, from my own personal journey to get clients to a level where they make uh, the money that they've always wanted to then realize that the only source of happiness is themselves and how they communicate with themselves and how they love themselves. So there's a, a deeper seed to my work where I actually want to get my clients extremely wealthy to the point where they actually then start doing the deeper work. Yeah. Yeah. And that yep. is where the real growth happens because you let go of the striving to just chase money and just grow a business because I've got to grow it. When you yeah. can have control because of yourself I'm, I'm, and your day and your identity to know that I can take it or leave it, that's powerful. And you grow in it just because you want to help other people. When I, cannot, when, I, when I can liberate somebody from feeling the desire to impress other people, or to prove something to themselves and to just be and exist, but also know that they're capable of providing value to the world and value to themselves and loving themselves. That's my work. I love that. I love that. That, that is some really powerful stuff because that, that in essence, what you've just said there is, is, is what it's all about. It's, it's why I do this podcast because I'm yeah. passionate about it. I turn yeah. up, you see it, you, you only have to speak to me for 10 minutes to know that, I fucking love what I do, right? Yeah. And and it's the same with you. You love what you do. And and the high ticket model that you mentioned at the start of this podcast and everything everything about that, that is something that can be bolted onto any business, not just any not just a, not just any a consultancy based yeah. business, right? Yeah. You know, obviously there's different elements there, you know, if I'm supplying a a product or whatever, it's not it's not relevant in that in that realm. It's consultancy work, service based work, um, education based work, yes. Yeah, and it's just it's just it's just all about you know how can how can you how can you give that guaranteed result in ninety days that small that whatever that guarantee is to 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 serve your target market and then when you've served your target market you have every right to collect cash up front and to collect cash on the yeah curve. you lead with service and you lead with the way that you've built that service I mean there's a lot of marketers and salespeople in the world that will just lead with the seal the market the seal the market the seal the market and they'll lightly touch on the service. But, you know, if you build an incredible product and you get incredible results or an incredible service for that matter, um, it advertises itself. You know, I built my business to multi-seven figures without one single Facebook ad, right? And that was because I got so many good results for my clients 
um, to the point where other trainers were looking at them and doing, hey, where, where are you learning from? Where are you going? And then, boom. What was your, what was your, been your most outstanding result for one single client? We have taken people that have put everything on a credit card um, to the point uh, there was one client in particular that put our one of our masterminds on a whole entire course and he had a family and he had two kids and this guy had just come out of the army and uh, fast forward to now he's doing between 30 and 40k sterling a month at probably around about 50 to 60 percent margin and um, works probably 20 hours a week on the business travels um just free, just completely freed himself from complete the matrix. freedom. We have helped people get out of credit card debt to going and paying their parents' mortgage off. We have helped people um, buy their first home. We have helped people buy their first real sports car that they've, you know, really just desired from a kid. Uh, we have helped people create money that they've used to put into charity and do events and runs. Six. Um, we have taken people that have been overworked, worked into the ground and, and very overwhelmed to traveling all around the world and really getting to experience the, the beauty of life. And But what's next for Phil Graham? Like, cause, because you've obviously built this business 10 mil plus a year. Like you, you obviously. I know there's 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 a lot there's a lot that you want to do. Like what's what's the next twelve to twenty four months look like for you? I mean, are you gonna now? Are you now at the point where you pivot and you go into other businesses that ha- that can scale to higher multiples like software and stuff like that? Yeah. Or because I know I know your vision beyond is not just like you've got a ten million cash flow business and that's that that's the cash flow business, but like you want to do so much more. Like what's well, one of my main focuses is my property portfolio and my investments over the next six to 24 what, months. What is your vision for that? And um, that is to build a substantial portfolio of commercial based property, residential based property in the areas that I live where I want to be able to touch it and feel it and have control over it and, and provide homes for people. Um, and essentially use that to play, you know, a bigger, more impactful game in the, in the community of, of where I live, which is Northern Ireland. And then on top of that, I have a, a deep-rooted desire to work with male entrepreneurs um, and essentially helping them with the growth of themselves as individuals, um, especially guys that are in their early 30s that are in startup mode or that are scaling over you know multiple seven figures a year. There's a lot of challenge that comes with that. I, I want to do a, a very specific male-orientated leadership kind of uh, piece of work. And also as well, open that up to uh, other individuals that are six-figure startups and also individuals that are running seven figures, and that's for males and females. I have a strong passion for male personal development, um, especially all the you know the twists and the turns and the challenges and chaos that a male specifically will go through. And then I, I, you know, I have a unique piece for that. And then also helping businesses outside the fitness industry grow and scale. But my main focus at this moment in time has been my fitness business. I have an incredible team, a remarkable team of individuals that run that. And that business still has got, you know, further insight. We have a SaaS product coming out. Um, We have uh, an even higher level mastermind group being sort of in in its infancy right now above our our high level group already, which is like people at a quarter of a mil plus a month. Um, 
so there's there's elements of one male personal development for entrepreneurs and then there's the other element of um, generally helping individuals that are at seven figures one mil two mil helping them go to five um, six figure business boot camps they're all fragments of the same thing helping businesses grow and scale through installing the right identity and mindset and beliefs into the finder into you know their behavior on a daily basis because it all really starts from there into helping them clarify their message and their signaling to the market and to also help them build the necessary conversion mechanisms whether that's how to sell sales teams sales systems uh, follow-ups uh, you know all the sequencing that goes in with really dialing in and i was even speaking with the you know the head guy of, of ifs and he was like you know how do we get into corporates and how do we create an offer for corporates and offer engineering and all of those kinds of things for guys like that and then delivery as management and, and and leadership of a team so you know how do you create culture how do you create kpis how do you communicate how do you all of that so it's, it's essentially a a different version of what i'm doing now but for individuals that are I'm going to run initially in 2023. The way it's going to work is I actually built a restaurant at the side of my house, which is you've seen. Yeah, um, it's and it's a, when I say it's a restaurant, it's a it's a restaurant. Um, it has got the space to hold 50, 60 people, and we're going to start initially with four events a year. And uh, it's going to be two six figure uh, business boot camps, and then we're going to have two higher level luminary masterminds for uh, seven figure over one mil. Uh, individuals that are looking to go to five mil and I may do one for eight figure businesses, but that's generally usually around selling, um, you know, so packaging a business and selling it, which is not a huge interest of mine at the moment. Um, so I really want to serve those individuals that are, you know, really just getting past the mill mark and how they want to scale because there's a, you know, there's a lot of challenge with, with getting over that mill mark and going up, you know, in terms of responsibility, risk, etc. Um, Bringing on team. Yeah, exactly. Building team, scaling team, and, you know, opening that to, you know, 25 individuals. They will sell like that. Uh, I will announce them on my, you know, Instagram email list, whatever, and they will sell like that. They will go very, very quick, and we'll have guests, and we'll have food together. We'll have fireside masterminds. I'm a really good connector of people, um, bringing them around and really bringing, like, you know, we run we run incredible events, right? When we bring people together, we bring 300, 350 people together in a room, and we connect them, we make sure everybody leaves, like having shook hands or had at least a conversation with everybody else in the room. Um, so I'm very, very good at connecting and I've got a strong level of confidence in terms of bringing those businesses together and doing that. And then the male personal development sum is something like I want to do in my later years. Um, but the main work will predominantly revolve around helping, you know, seven-figure businesses in the consultancy and service-based areas scale. Um Give me a bit. Give me and then the property stuff as well. Give me a bit of an insight into this. Um, I want your opinion on, like, how what what's been lost in terms of what what have males lost in society in terms of like you know the struggles that they're having now compared to the younger males. I mean, let's just put it into context. I mean. Well, I think our, I, I, our forefathers were going and fighting on the beaches in Normandy to protect the country, right? Yep. And there's, I think there's been a lot lost in the generations since those generations in terms of like how men are, how men are gentlemanly, how men are, are, are you know, treat people, how men pre- present themselves to the world. A lot's, a lot's been lost in translation. What's your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, the world has changed a lot. The context has changed a lot. And the amount of opportunity has dramatically increased. We're living in the best times that we possibly could right now in terms of technology, healthcare, uh, communication, uh, health, you name it, right? Um, the, the, the biggest thing that I have seen is that 
with with males and females are also susceptible to this that are entrepreneurial in their startup is that they focus so much on making money that they neglect the other areas of their life and they end up spending the money that they've made to correct the areas of their life that they've overlooked. So think of typical young, hungry, meal, just purely focused on closing, making sales, making money uh, at the expense of everything else. That is quite prevalent. Yeah. And it's a status measure. And a lot of men get lost in that. And then when they hit a level, i.e. they hit the income level that they envisioned, they, they, they then lose all sense of drive and they don't know how to recreate vision for themselves. And that's where you then see, you know, distraction kick in or they look for, you know, immediately gratifying stuff, whether it's pornography, an affair, um, casual gambling... Sex casual sex and how much that costs their initial vision or what they've built that's great i think it's really protecting protecting individuals and you know this is male and female i say male because you know i have worked with substantially more males than i have female and um i have been through some of these challenges myself so you know i want to be able to advise them and give them counsel on, you know, um, the challenges and risks that come with putting all your eggs in one basket and driving towards one goal. And two, what happens when you hit your goal and how do you recreate future and continue to grow, whether that's in the pursuit of uh, enterprise value or organizational growth or um, sitting in stillness and enjoying the fruits of your labor because i yeah. find that's very hard for people to do is to enjoy the fruits of their labor and i for one have you know done a lot of personal work to allow me to be relaxed and calm i mean you've been with me all weekend and you've seen how i've been super potent and super proactive but also very relaxed at the same time too yeah yeah you know I so i can switch gears and not a lot of people know how to switch gears yeah, because a lot of people are redlining all the time. Correct. And then when you redline all the time, it, it leaves you open. But I think uh, from what I experience and for the questions that end in my questions that end up in my DMs all the time, a lot of a lot of men lose a lot of clarity uh, or don't even have any clarity at the start. They're leaning their ladders against walls. They're thinking they want to achieve certain things in life because because they haven't done the inside work or they're not always doing the inside work, the meditations, the, the breath works, the stuff that helps you accentuate and, and level up because they're not doing that work at scale. Look, all, 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 you know, just a point on that. That stuff's useful, but the most important thing is having a clear vision of what you want to do in your life and having the courage to take action on it. Right, you know, and that is going to require you moving outside of a comfort zone. And moving outside of a comfort zone is uncomfortable. And people get distracted. And I say, you know, I I, I do cold therapy, I do breathing, I do meditation. Um, but there are times where you know I'm not ultra strict with that stuff. I use it as a tool to complement my vision and my action. The most important thing that I can do every single day is get clearer on my vision, get clearer on the detail, and most importantly, take action because that liberates me. I can sit 
in a meditation or journal and I can procrastinate and overdo and overdo and overthink and overplan and not actually take action. And taking action is the thing that's going to grow you because when you take that action, the confidence comes and then the confidence then liberates you to move forward and move more. But it's refining that vision enough so that the actions you take compound in the right direction. Correct. Which is which is where when we're talking before, it's like if you're always going out for casual sex or if you're always if you're always yes. in the pursuit of women and money, women and money, like if they're, they're not a combination that goes well together. No. Like the casual sex all the time and the women and then, and then the money. That just become that just becomes a self fulfilling prophecy of like you've got low self worth because you've not had any self worth for yourself. Mm. So the money will not fill that hole, will mm. not fill that void. Money doesn't fill voids. Money only accentuates the person who you are. So it's important, like you say to take the actions but when you take the actions make sure it's pursuing the actual true vision you want and ask yourself when you write your vision down why is it I want that that vision why that yeah. one specifically it has you have to identify why you want that one specifically and get clear on why you want that one when you're clear on your why with the vision then you can put your time and effort into it and then you'll get the when you when you take the action that Phil says you'll get the results that you want yeah. and it will be fulfilling at the end yeah I mean you know what I said at the very start designing a, vi- a business to make you feel a certain way, getting clear on that vision and operating from that vision and making decisions from that vision, not circumstances that you find yourself in. So that's kind of been like my guiding GPS is I've always had a very clear, detailed vision of who I want to be, how I want to behave, who I want to be around, what kind of business numbers I want to be doing right through to the family that I have. And I've just recently had a baby girl. Um, Congratulations. You know, thank you. And all my activities and like my decisions, yes or no, are geared towards that end thing. And that's what guides my life. So if you don't have that vision, then every day is waking up, looking at social media, comparing yourself, going to work, being dealt with a firefighting challenge, and then it's reactive, turn, 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 and you end up nowhere. Uh, um, you know, one of the best questions that you can ask yourself on a daily basis is if I were to relive today over and over and over again for the rest of the year, would I become the person that I plan to become at the start of the year? Wow. And do you know what? Repeat that question. If I were to repeat the actions of today over and over again, would I become the person that I envisioned to be at the start of the year? Ladies and gentlemen, write down that question. And that, my friends, is Phil Graham. Thank, thank you, you very much. <laughs> much love. And thank you for putting this on. I know how much effort and time these take to put together and you've got yourself a studio here in IFS and you've been going and getting interviews every day. And I think, you know, for everybody listening to this, uh, you know, please make sure that you follow Frankie, give him a review because this takes, you know, we've done this for 53 minutes and he's taken up that time of his life to bring this to you guys. And uh, he needs to be congratulated for that because this is going to advance your life forward. Much love, mate. I appreciate it. Guys, like, subscribe on all platforms. Just, yeah, just just send it on all platforms. And and guys, like, I, I can't tell you. Um, from my heart, man, I appreciate all the support you've given me over the years through through the Australian journey, through the through the British tour that I've just been on. Wherever this goes next, I really appreciate all, all everything, everything, um, yeah, just fucking heartfelt. And I've just literally the other day done my first uh, live podcast in Portugal. It was it was it was a very very special moment for me to achieve that after after doing this podcast for like two and a half years. It means a lot to me. So much love to all of you. I hope we've added some value to your life. And uh, speak soon. Much love. Don't forget to subscribe to the Frankie Lee podcast.